This is the Assumption Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. When dawn breaks, mercies arise. Assumption Church is a Roman Catholic community under the care of the Franciscan Friars Conventual of Our Lady of Angels Province. It is a community of faith which is active in service and its ministries bring the gospel message of peace, reconciliation, and love to Syracuse and all of central New York. Your glory here among us. Great is our Okay, well welcome everybody. Welcome to our second Tao Talks ever. And today the topic is dealing with difficult people. So as I said at Mass this morning, if you've met me, you've dealt with difficult people. So, <laughs> And that's, that's a humorous way to say, you know, sometimes the difficult people we deal with is ourselves. Uh, so we have to keep that in mind and, and be careful about Father McCurry always says, in his funny way, he, uh, he says, you know, when you point a finger at someone else, three more big fingers are pointing back at you. So it's, we do this in charity. Um, the presentation I'm going to offer this, this morning is based on an article I read by this Sister Teresa Lethia Noble, and I've adapted it and changed it a little bit. So on the one side, you have kind of an outline of what I'm going to talk about, and then on the, on the right side is some space if you want to take some notes. Certainly, if you have any questions or comments you want to ask, feel free to interrupt. This is kind of a, it's supposed to be a conversation, but you, and this also gives you a sense of when I'm coming to an end, so it doesn't drag on forever, all right? Um, and the, the way she structured this, and like I said, I, I uh, changed some of the stuff and added my own stuff, uh, was looking at Jesus, right? So he is our, our master, and he is the one that we draw from to know how to live. Um, the old adage from the wristbands, what would Jesus do, is, is not bad. We have to adapt it to our time and place and our own lives, but what would Jesus do? So the first thing I thought of was, uh, in terms of dealing with people in general, but especially with difficult people, is to enter into relationship with them. Uh, often when we have somebody that bothers us, that annoys us, and this can be somebody you've just met, it could be somebody that is part of your life for a long time. As I said, it could be the person in the mirror, but it could also be the person across the table at breakfast, somebody that you live with, a spouse. and. At times, that the relationship changes. So when we think of relationships, we have to realize that we, we live in what today we talk about in ecology, in ecosystems, and humans live in systems as well. Our family, our friends, our workplace, our, our church is a system of relationships, a network of relationships. And all, all systems look for what's called uh, homeostasis, so to keep things the same. They self-preserve by keeping things the same. So when one part of it changes, it affects everybody. Because we're Franciscans believe, as we all know, that all of us are mutually interdependent. We, we are related to one another. So if I'm going through something, it'll have ripple effects and affect you. As well, if I try to do something different, let's say I've had some issues, or maybe I've been drinking too much, whatever, and I try to address that, that's going to affect how I relate to you and you relate to me. And we see that with people who try to, to, to do changes in their lives. Others sometimes sabotage that because it's like, well, no, this is the role you play in this system. Now you're trying to be different. That's a bit difficult. So it's important that when we enter into conversations about people who are giving us some conflict, 
that we enter into relationship. We don't see them just as the other, the problem, but we see them as a person. And I think one of the most beautiful examples of that is Jesus with the woman at the well. Right? If you think back to John's Gospel, Jesus approaches the woman. He's, been, he's thirsty. They've been in the, in the sun a lot. And he talks to a Samaritan woman. So again, first clue, something radical is going to happen because he's breaking all the rules. First of all, he's coming in the middle of the day to the well, which is unusual. And he talks to a woman he's not supposed to talk to. And he knows, we, we discover, everything about her. He kind of plays dumb. You might say plays dumb, or you might say he approaches her with respect, right? He engages her in relationship. He doesn't go up to her and say, hey, you, you need to fix your life. You've had seven husbands, whatever. He says, can you give me something to drink, right? So he begins by putting himself in a lesser position than her. Can you take care of me? Can you help me? This is the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Master of the Universe, saying to this poor woman, can you help me? She's a sinner. He's the Lord. Can you help me? So it says something to us about how we approach people that we have difficulty with. Do we approach them as the one who's right or the one who maybe needs something from them? So one of the typical ways that we approach sometimes people in, in conversation who are giving us some trouble, we might say, can you help me understand this? Help me. Help me understand. Help me get, get to know you better. What's going on? And, and, he, and so he enters into conversation with her and he asks her questions. And only as she's able to reveal herself, he comes to know her better and she comes to know herself better. And there's a healing that takes place. There's no judgment. There's no screaming and yelling. He says, yeah, you do have more than one husband, you know? And, you know, you can do better, and you need to, to, to make a difference in your life. But he approaches with tremendous respect and asks questions, get to know her. So I think for us, when we have somebody who is conflictual or difficult to live with or difficult to, to deal with in business or whatever, is to engage, to ask questions, to try to understand, and to approach the person with, tremendous sense of respect and, and reverence, right? That's so important. Now, I'm half Sicilian. When I'm pissed off, it's very hard for me to get into that. When I'm ticked off, it's very hard for me to get into that zone. Practice makes perfect. It's, it's grounding yourself, and that's why, of course, with all of this, being grounded in prayer, um, in, in, if you can, daily prayer, is super important because then when when your emotions, at least for me, when my emotions take the best of me, I can go back to a place of, of groundedness and not let that happen. The second thing that is unique about Jesus and his relationship, relationships with people is Jesus has good boundaries. So we talk about Jesus in terms of entering into all sorts of situations, but there's times when he's like, this really is not my problem, right? So uh, in Luke, we have the, uh, somebody comes up to him and says, can you tell my brother to give me my share of the inheritance? And he says to him, who am I, Judge Judy? Like, <laughs> why, why, are you, why, are you, why are you dragging me into this? And sometimes in, in, in relationships and in families and in, and in workplaces, we need to say, this isn't any of my business. 
Like, don't drag me into your stuff, right? Especially if it's a contentious issue between two people and we get dragged into it and then all of a sudden we're, we're, we're in the caca. We, there's times you just need to say, this isn't about me. This isn't my business. I don't, and it's not in a, in a harsh way, but really when, it's, when you guys need to talk to each other about this, you need to resolve this. Don't drag me into your conflict. Because that's the other thing is that sometimes, and psychologists would tell us, sometimes when there's dynamics of three people and there's a conflict, we will naturally drag in a third person as kind of leverage. And we have to be careful of that. We need to deal with, with, the, with the difficulties we have in our relationships ourselves and not be dragged in or not drag other people in. And it's not bad to say, this is not my business. You know, Jesus did it himself. The other thing is, to be free to be ourselves and not to necessarily have to please other people. You know, we may be in conflict and that happens a lot in the community, in the friary. You know, I'm concerned that somebody doesn't like me or has said something negative about me and that can be, or in the parish, God forbid somebody should say negative things about their pastor. That could be very debilitating and you start worrying about that, right? So the example we have here is when Jesus with his disciples is going through the wheat fields and they're hungry and Jesus says, you know, let's get some grain and eat. And they pick up, they pick the grain and the Pharisees say, you know, what you're doing is wrong. Okay. You know, and, the, and there, and in many instances, there's judgment of Jesus. Now he doesn't get defensive about it. He just gives it back to them and says, you know, the Sabbath is great for man, not man for the Sabbath. He doesn't allow that to make him angry or upset. If somebody has a problem with who I am, that's more their problem, not mine. And not to allow that to threaten me and to scare me and to, and to make me try to compensate for that. I know I tend to do that, you know, I get all discombobulated. So it's important that we be, that we be attentive to that um, in situations of conflict. One of the things with, with conflict situations is if I'm getting worked up, it's not just about what the other person's doing, it's what's happening inside of me. The other thing that Jesus does is that he knows how to ignore situations and to choose his battles, right? So uh, when he's in his hometown, um, he goes in and people are all upset with him and they want to pitch him off the, uh, off the side of a hill. And if you go to Nazareth, outside the, the city limits of Nazareth, I was there a couple years ago, and there's this kind of this edge of the, of the hill outside of Nazareth, and it's a very big precipice. And they were kind of like walking him out out of town, and they got to that point, and they're going to pitch him off. And he manages to just walk through the midst of them. In other words, he doesn't antagonize them. He says, okay, this is getting a little bit much. I need to just keep my cool and walk away. That's important for us, too. To know when to walk away. Sometimes people, we, we encounter people when they're not at their best. I'm the kind of guy who's very demanding in restaurants. I'm paying. I like to, to get good service. I don't want to know your name. I don't want to know what you, what, you, what you did this weekend. No, you're not sitting with us. We're not all eating together. You know, waitresses come in and say, what are we having? I'm like, I don't know about you, but I know what I'm having. <laughs> 
I don't think you're having anything with us. So I'm a bit, a bit, a bit of a, 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 of a pain that way. But yesterday we were out somewhere, out for lunch, and the the waitress was really kind of a little rude, you know. But I was like, you don't know what her day's been like, right? She wasn't that bad, but it was like not very friendly. And I have to remind myself sometimes when 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 I encounter people who are not friendly or a bit or a bit disrespectful, or whatever. I don't know what's going on. I don't know the rest of the story. As they say, you know, walk in their shoes for a little bit and, and see and see what their lives are like. The same thing, even with people who are close to us, that ought to know better, that we ought to have a better relationship with. Well, we don't know everything about them. They can, they could be constipated. They could have gas. They could have. I mean, it could be just something so stupid, you know, or just a bad day, or be, just be grumpy. They have a headache. Sometimes we have to allow ourselves to let go of things and pick our battles. Is this really going to make that much of a difference? And you know, 99% of the time, it's not going to make a difference. It's not going to affect us that badly. A word of caution, though. It's important also not to become a doormat um, because that leads to, to further problems. We can cut people some slack and be generous and forgiving, but we have to be careful of patterns of disrespect and patterns of abusive behavior where people really take advantage of us. And we have to say, again, nicely, we have to be able to say, this is not working, you know? Um, I need you to respect me. I need you to, to hear me as well. And that's the other side of it, right? To stand up for ourselves is not bad either. That's one of the ones I was going to put in there. I forgot, you know, Jesus cleanses the temple. He does get angry. In conflict, it is okay. First of all, it's okay to have conflict with people. In, 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 the, in the process of relationships and in, in the development of groups, conflict is essential. Conflict is what allows us to become closer. So the two of us come into, into a, a moment of disagreement of values, I want something and you want something else and we have to, to figure it out and they're opposing views. And if we talk about it and work it out, we realize, oh, our friendship, our relationship is bigger than potential conflicts. So if something, if I need to talk to you about something, I can, I can do that because I know that there's a grounding of relationship that will carry that conflict. And it makes us more intimate. The, the biggest problem is when we, because of our history, avoid conflict and say, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to talk about this. With our volunteers from Francis Corps, that's something we, we really try to um, uh, explain to them, especially on their, their first retreat in October, where they've been living together for about two, three months. And now the, the honeymoon is over, and this person's not doing their dishes, and they pile up. Or they're used to living in their dorm where they just drop their clothes everywhere and it's making me crazy and the place is stinking. And, but I don't, I don't want to be that guy or that girl to, to complain. Um, sometimes working with, um, with couples getting married, I notice sometimes the girl, the, the fiancé, will be trying to fix the... the and, and she's got all these like, things she needs to have done. And I'll say, what's your family background like? 
and, and she'll get all freaked out. And, and we'll un uncover that the person, she's a little bit codependent and trying to fix everything. Codependency is great. If you want something well done, you want somebody who's codependent because they'll, they'll want to please you and they'll do a really good job. But it can really ruin your life too because you put everything on pleasing somebody else. So in this case, you have that example from the Gospel of Mark where this, uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, th the sons of thunder, uh, come and say, teacher, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Like, imagine the balls to say that to Jesus. <laughs> hey, we want you to do this for us, whatever we ask of you. That's crazy. And the message they have Jesus saying, uh, if I can, I'll do it. Like tell them ahead of time. Yeah. Don't ask me anything. Yeah. yeah. Right. And yeah, he goes on to tell them. And, and, and for me to, to determine who sits at my right or on my left, that's not up to me. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm happy to help you, but my life is not geared towards you. My life's not all about fulfilling your expectations. I have to live my life. And the same thing in, in our relationships sometimes. We have to be able to say, you know, as we said sometimes, it's not none of my business between two people, to say, I have to take care of me. And, and your issue, what's going on with you, doesn't have to ruin my life or ruin my day or be everything that's about me. But it doesn't mean you can't help either. Oh my God, you no. want to help. You sure, I mean. There's, some, there's a fine line between all of these, of where you jump in, where you stay, you know, where you shut up and. Yeah, you, you, we're all, problem is most of us help too much, right? It's not, it, if we're here, it means because we have some faith connection and, and we want to do good, we want to do right. We tend to help too much. Sometimes we don't help the right way. We help by trying to fix things for people or to solve things for people. And, um, and, and sometimes we can. I mean, you, you know, if somebody's having trouble, you, you want to help them. But on the bigger questions of life, helping people find the tools to, to deal with things themselves is, is better. You know, uh, it gives them a sense of empowerment and autonomy and ability to, to do stuff. But sometimes people, like, if somebody needs a job and I know where I can help them find a job, yeah, I should help them. But I don't have to, like, ruin my life in order to do that. And you know the difference. When I had a, I had a friend who was uh, addicted to drugs, to cocaine, and I, I he, Anyways, it's a long story. But anyways, I tried to help him. And I, would, I could tell when he was on a binge because he'd disappear. Most people would say, well, I'll pray for him and wait, and when he comes back, we'll deal with it. No, I was the guy who was in the car going from bar to bar in Toronto. It's not a small city. Looking for places he could be using. Like, that's crazy. That's, you know, like, that's not helping anymore. That's trying to, to, to solve it. It makes no sense. I mean, because he could be anywhere in Toronto. But I just caught up in my own pattern. So I think that's what I have to watch. We, where, where the other person's issue becomes your issue. And there isn't a clear boundary anymore. You have to be careful of that. And Jesus certainly had uh, a good sense of that. Finally, from, from this um, um, schema, the other thing to remember is that Jesus is flexible. So remember there's that woman who comes to Jesus and says, you know, can you help me? And he says, no, you know, um, I was just sent for the people of Israel. And she says, Lord, help me. 
And he finally says, he relents. He says, wow, you have a lot of faith. Okay, your daughter is cured. Jesus changes his mind. The Son of God, who should know everything, in a sense, is also human. And part of being human is to develop. But, you know, some people have an image of Jesus when he's in the crib that he knows trigonometry, you know, he knows all <laughs> things. Well, then he wouldn't be human because the very nature of being human is to develop and to grow and to depend on others, to be vulnerable. If you know everything, if you have all the answers, you're not vulnerable. Jesus had to be vulnerable to be human. And so he grows. He grows in awareness of himself and he grows in an awareness of other people around him. And he comes to understand what it means to be Messiah over time. And he realizes, oh, this is not just about just this little small box of people. I'm here for everyone. I'm using this example just to remind us that sometimes people can change. And people can grow. And sometimes it's through our interaction or maybe beforehand. I know in, in like among the friars, we you know the, in my region of the friars were two hundred friars. I know all of those two hundred guys, and over time you you know some better and some less, but you also know their what we call the apocrypha. You know the the backstory. Oh, that's a good guy. Oh, that guy's a bit weird. Or I'm not sure I would ever want to live with that guy. Right, and you hear stories. Some of the stories are from 40 years ago. And it's not really fair because people can grow, can deal with stuff, can change. And that's an important thing when we, when we have conflicts with people is, are we keeping somebody in a box that's old and we're just reacting to their old self and not letting them be who they are today? You know, Are we giving people the benefit of the doubt? Are we willing to take a risk? And I think that's really, really key to have that generosity to give people the benefit of the doubt. So a couple of things that help us to understand how to deal with conflict. I would end it with saying um, a couple more things. One, in a situation of conflict, abuse is never okay. You know, uh, Whether it's marriage or relationship or friendship, certainly not physical abuse, but emotional or spiritual or verbal abuse, you, you know, that is damaging. And it, and it, and it leaves, leaves scars, even if they're not physical scars. So it's important that, that people know, that we know that we have the permission to walk away from abusive situations. And we have a right to be believed when we say that. And we're dealing right now with that situation in Pennsylvania with the mind-blowing amount of priests who have credible abuse uh, allegations against them. It's, I don't know, I don't know how, how we deal with this. I mean, they're all old, old things, but I think the bigger issue right now is why were these things covered up and, and um, what the people know. So we're, it's going to be a, t- a tough time. Um, and also to know our limits. What am I willing to endure? If I'm living with somebody who is unique, has some personal... Because some of this is not going to change, right? I've lived with friars who are what we call narcissistic. That's a character trait that will not change. You can send them for therapy for a million years. They're not going to change. They may get better at it, but 
in a narcissistic, narcissistic personality, basically the world, the sun revolves around them. Everything has to be about them. And they can be very difficult to live with. So we have to say, what am I willing to live with and what am I not willing to live with? And, and to draw consequences, right? Like if I have somebody who's drinking or using drugs or if I have somebody who's doing certain behaviors that I think are not acceptable, we can talk about it, we can work at it, but I have to draw a line and say, at this point, if you cross this line, I can't, I can't live with it. Whether it's in a marriage where I say, you know, if you're unfaithful again, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna do this. Or if you smoke pot in my house, that's not acceptable, you can't live here. Um, I think setting limits is, is important for our own well-being. That being said, if you choose to say, I will tolerate this, then you need to tolerate it and shut up. In a sense, it's, it's, it's disingenuous to say, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to reject this person, I'm going to tolerate this, but I'm going to talk about them to every person I meet and complain and gossip and talk and complain some more. That does nobody any good. Either deal with the issue, set some limits, tell the person no, or if you're going to put up with it, then you got to stop complaining and gossiping. So just a couple of ideas. Hopefully they've given you some thoughts. In you are every day Becomes eternity Thanks for listening to the Assumption Church Podcast. To listen to more episodes, connect with us in our community, or join us for worship, please visit assumptionsyr.org. Light on.